You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast, bringing you the best heat media guests every single week. Here's your host, Dan Healy, brought to you by at the Miami Heat UK social media network. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 87 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I'm your host, Dan Healy. It is good to be back, guys, especially when we're going to be talking about what we're going to be talking about. And with me is uh, two of my guys from the UK Dream Team. It's Oli Rahimi and Bilal Monar. Oli, how are you, sir? I'm very good, Dan. Thank you very much. I am happy, loving life, um, enjoying basketball and happy to be back here as well. Absolutely, my man. Yeah, there is no better feeling than a winning feeling. And uh, boy, we're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, Bilal Monar, great to have you back on. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. And I'm see, I'm echoing what Ollie just said. Great to be back. And I'm feeling great. Yeah, we um, we very quickly just had a quick chat before we came on. Um, and we just all said, look, you know, I've only been a Heat fan, what, seven, or seven eight years. Um, that is the best, the best series of basketball. I've ever watched and I know we've had some short-term success um you guys echoed those thoughts completely there's only one place to start Ollie um we have got a monster wearing number 22 for us uh absolutely incredible performances twice back to back we'll get into the first game for uh first the uh 56 points in uh game in the uh, in the heat house uh for me and I think as you just said for a minute ago off air for you that's as good as you've ever seen anything uh, for the Heat. What was your thoughts on Jimmy's performance in Game 4, first of all? Yeah, echoing that. That was uh, the best individual game of basketball that I've ever seen live with my eyes. Just, it was incredible. Um, obviously, I've seen, you know, I've seen film of Kobe's 81 and Mike 63 in the playoffs and stuff. But that game, watching it live, that was, for me, the best game of basketball that I've ever seen an individual play. And it was just, it was just phenomenal. Like, the vibes from that was was amazing. Um, I haven't stopped smiling since. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it was just incredible. Like he completely took over. Um, obviously losing Tyler early in the series and that freak hand injury. I don't, still don't really understand how that happened. Um, and then obviously Vic, who we're all heartbroken for, um, to then have that pressure to come out and do what he did and to score. You know, it's the best playoff game in in the Heat's history the fourth highest scoring playoff game in NBA history. Um, it was just phenomenal. And like, you know, to watch it live, I'm so glad that I, I did. It was what, three, four o'clock in the morning. I'm in bed trying to be as quiet as possible, like screaming to myself. Um, but yeah, he was unbelievable. I'm just, I'm thankful that we've got him on our team. He's been the best player in the playoffs by a long way. I think nice. Devin Booker, you can make the argument for Devin Booker, but when it comes down to it, nobody can do what Jimmy Butler can do. And we are very lucky to have him on our team and the fact that he steps up every year in the playoffs and he just transforms the way that he plays from regular season to playoffs. It's all about one thing. It's about winning. And if you've got him on your team, then you have a chance. Yeah, 100%. And I tweeted something very similar to that before Game 4. It was that I was going to get a quick power nap in. I tweeted something out about two hours before that Game 4 game saying, look, we're without Tyler. They're back to full strength. Um, you know, the backs are against our wall in a sense that we're playing against the best team, the, the NBA favourites. They Everyone had them, the Bucks, to win it. And I said, as long as Jimmy Butler has got heat written across his jersey, 
then we stand a chance. And it aged beautifully because he put in the best game that we've ever seen, really. Uh, Bilal, the heat house was incredible. The atmosphere, you've got all the people that work in that association, Eric Reid, Will Manso, etc. all said, I've never heard an atmosphere like that. And that says something when you consider the success that's gone on in that building. Um, so it, to, to witness something like that is it, special. And to hear that, like you can see that change of momentum. You know that he's got that bit in between his teeth that is going to take over a game. Um, as Ollie said, that, you know, that there's no better player in post-season basketball is Jimmy. He is literally the meme of, of laying back to sitting forward with the Xbox controller in his hand. That is Jimmy Butler in the post-season. And, uh, you know, for you, would you, cha- would you change him for anybody in the association when it comes to post-season basketball? Or are we being a homer here? I would not tr- change him for not one player in this world. I don't, I don't care who it is right now. Give me Jimmy Butler every day of the week. He, he's proven it time and time again, even his last year in Philly. And you see Philly fans every time they're watching this, I see them crying their eyes out because they know what they've lost. And we know what we've gained. So we've seen it every single year in a Heat jersey. He He's just performed at an unreal level. I've never seen a player go from a regular season Jimmy to a postseason Jimmy. The jump is unreal. He can turn it up whenever he wants. It's just... We just need to put the right pieces around him, and I'm sure that we'll we'll bring he'll bring one home for us. Yeah, I mean, there's there's that thing, isn't there? The saying that never did do you feel like he needed help more uh, coming into that game, but he did get it from his role players, and we'll come on to that in a minute. But yeah, when you see what he's doing, you think you put one more piece around him, you could look at multiple championships with this team. That's how good he is. And uh, yeah, um, let's not let's not cry too much for Philly fans because let's not forget they've got Tobias Harris. So uh, let's go with that. And uh, so let's go on one more thing about about Jimmy Butler with the um, incredible game winning. Well, game's high and shot, but also just that performance again, Ollie. I mean, it was just takeover time once again. But the man playing against Drew Holiday, one of the best lead defenders in the league, with two and a half minutes plus in the game, down by six, and he's talking shit to him, saying that he owns him. As he hits that game tying shot uh, on the buzzer, he's cupping his ear to the crowd, that raucous crowd, saying, why are you quiet? And then as he goes on to get the, the buckets that then take them out of the game and they uh, he obviously go on to win, he waves them all goodbye as he's walking off the court to end their season. The man is a lunatic, isn't he? He just he just he breeds for this moment. It's it's like he he wants it, he wants that smoke, doesn't he? He's just built so different. Absolutely, yeah. And uh Spo said it in his post-game press conference that sometimes he's psychotic, but you need that. Like he is he is just the epitome of dog like i think um i remember seeing something the other day that michael jordan used to say everyone can talk shit to their opponent when you're up that's fine you can even do it when when the scores are tied but to do it in a in a potential closeout game when you're down with what two minutes left to the best defender in the nba who has also by the way been voted by all of his peers as the best defender in the nba to do that and then go on and score however many, on his head and tell him to look up at the Jumbotron and be like, that's on your head. That's on your head. Like, it's it's unbelievable. He's just, there's no quitting that guy. And, you know, as you and Bilal just said, I wouldn't have him, I wouldn't have anyone over him. You know, playoff LeBron is unbelievable. Okay, that's great. Giannis, sometimes unplayable. Jokic can do things that we've not really seen before. But to have that 
on your team, I'm not having anyone over him. And as long as he, like you said, as long as he's got Miami or Heat written across his chest and the ball's in his hands, who knows, we can do anything. Yep, you ride and die with it. Um, absolutely. Now, Bilal, we did say about Jimmy needing some help maybe to get, uh, you know, championships under his belt on this team. And that could be true. But, you know, he got his help from his role players. Now, when you look at this series, you know, not many people gave Miami a chance. Um, and rightly so. Look, we're the eight seed. Bucks have been a juggernaut this season. They've got so much depth. They've got a perfectly balanced roster. Um, so you get it. You know, there's the, the, it's understandable why the media and everybody else really went down that route. But, you know, with Miami, if you was to list the two rosters up, you would comfortably say that you would take seven of the Bucks against maybe three of the Heat if you was to list the top five uh, playoff rotation here. So the role players had to step up because uh, their role players are better than our role players. It's as simple as that. But Bilal, they, they did that, didn't they? Gabe Vincent, exceptional. Kevin Love coming off the bench, draining threes, or starting eventually and coming and draining those threes. Max Struess has been has been good. Uh, Caleb Martin giving that energy and hitting his shots and wanting all that smoke with, with Giannis. Um, you know, Victor Oladipo, you know, bless him, gone down injured, but a, a great performance for him. And Duncan Robinson now coming off and showing why he's owed 80 million over the next four years. This is what we needed to happen. And every single one of those players, and we did go deep in this roster. We've gone 10 deep, 11 deep, even Zella coming in, etc. Every single one of them can contribute towards that heat and fire, can't they? 100%. Um, like alluding to your point, from Cody Zeller's dunk in the, in the overtime, uh, from Gabe Vincent's clutch three to a pass only down by one with like five seconds to go. Every single player contributed. Caleb Martin was the was probably our most influential player. His defense and his timely freeze. And then you've got Kyle Lowry. People were were writing him off the whole year. His defense was absolutely amazing. He was guarding Chris Middleton, who's a multi-time All Star and a, and a bona fide scorer in this league. And there were times that he shot him down. He shot him down. He was putting his all. That's all we wanted to see as a Heat fan for. For someone like Kyle Lowry, who, who's on a big contract, to put his all in. And he did give that, even though he might have not been offensively, but defensively, he held his own. He had his moments. And what about Kalov? This is someone that, who had a, let's be honest, he had a bad um, regular season with the Heat. We weren't sure about the fit. We, we were questioning if he was only the starting just because um, what we offered him to come to Miami. But those timely threes in the fourth quarter, man, they, and and the the rebounds and everything. K Love was was magnificent. Every role player deserves their flowers. Yeah, I totally totally agree. It was it was everybody had to step up. Everybody did step up, and you know that was what was needed. You, you're not going to. I mean, those two comebacks uh, were down to, down the stretch, as you say, with with players that are contributing and uh, and giving us exactly what they needed to step up in the big moments. And uh, yeah, thank you for adding Carl Lowry to that list because he was exceptional. Obviously, there, um, Ollie. Um, I think one of the biggest compliments that the Heat are probably getting uh, sort of league-wide, uh, maybe apart from a select few Milwaukee fans, which is understandable, is the fact that nobody's really bringing up the fact that Giannis missed two games through injury. Um, because that, if, if, these have been, if these would have been simple blowouts, etc., then I think you would have heard a lot more than that. But everybody's looking at this nationwide, the pundits, the, anybody that knows a bit about basketball is saying, you know, the Bucks didn't lose this, even though they did, you know, lose big leads in two games. This was the Heat winning. This was the Heat getting gritty and dirty and going for it and playing better than the Bucks. Nobody's mentioning the fact that Bucks were missing their best player for two games. And that's a testament, really, just to how good the Heat were. 
Um, do you do you agree, do you follow that narrative? Do you think that you know it, it, that didn't matter? That, that there's a reason why nobody's talking about this because the Heat completely deserved it. Yeah, I do definitely, and um, <clears throat> I know obviously we're all looking at it from a, a Heat fan perspective, but trying to be as objective and unbiased as possible. Even if you take Giannis out of the Milwaukee roster, their roster is probably still better than ours. Yeah. Um, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Then they've got these brilliant role players that just fit so well together, even when you take Giannis out of it. So, yeah, I mean, I, we definitely deserved it. I think it was Heat winning it rather than the Bucks losing it. Um, and don't forget, this team was, you know, probably 90% of this team was the one seed last year, was one shot away from making it to the NBA Finals. For whatever reason, this year, the three-point shooting hasn't been there. Just the the gel, the whole fit this year hasn't been as good as it was last year. But at the end of the day, a lot of this roster is what got us to within a shot of the NBA Finals last year. So I don't think that... I think that people kind of have this recency bias in their heads of, oh, well, the Heat are just an eight seed. But they're not really at the, at the base of it. We've been to the NBA Finals in the last couple of years. We've had, what, two now deep deep playoff runs, potentially a third in four years this year since Jimmy's arrived. So there is this heat DNA culture that everyone talks about, everyone sort of minds over, but it exists. And you've got people like Coach Bolstra, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, who, like you guys talked about, has been fantastic, that you can beat a team that's got the arguably one of the best players in the world on it that has won a championship in the last couple of years, that you can beat them in five games when you are the underdogs. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with that narrative that it's the Heat that won it rather than the Bucks that lost it. Sure, some things went our way, but also some things went the way of Milwaukee. You know, they've mm. had a hell of a lot of free throws. Like the free throws last night, if they would have, they had, what, 25, 28 free throws or something like that? If they would have made a couple more, we wouldn't be talking about Heat in five. So, yeah. It's not just down to the Heat winning it and the Bucks losing it. We were just we were just better, and I think it stands yeah. us in good stead for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, and um, yeah, you make a good point because the the team it's like the real Miami Heat finally did stand up, mm. and I think a lot of people have been scratching their heads. You look at the people that cover this team, you know, over in Miami, and they just say this is fundamentally the same team that went to the finals last year or the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, and you know you just can't describe what's happened in some of the you know the shooting falling off etc and it's just been it's been weird it's not like there's been any one thing it's just been um a bit of a a, a really odd season so it was finally like that the heat stood up and yeah they got their help throughout the roster as we've just said um very quickly before we move on below a little deviation on basically the same thing with with Giannis losing two games to the in this series due, due to uh, a charge um, from uh, Kevin Love taking to Kevin Love taking that charge and blocking foul as it ended up being, um, and then being some calls of whether they should change the, the rule because you know there, there's just been too much injuries and it's a bit too it's silly that the player can stand there and just take a hit and eventually things like this are going to happen. For me, it's just crying over nothing. Um, I don't think you know, especially when you have Giannis, who's going to steam into the paint multiple times every single time uh, game. It's going to go either way, and eventually, yeah. He's going to get knocks, but do you think that there's any fundamental reasons for the league to look at this and say maybe we do need to change this role, or is it just all steam? It's just protecting the superstars. That's it, really. But it could happen to anyone. But the fact that it's happening to the superstars is getting more attention to the to the media. So, um, as someone that's played basketball, if you've ever taken a charge, you you know what it's, it will feel like when you're on the other end of it. Like K Love was, a truck is basically hitting you head on. 
That so, it hurts. Yeah, so <laughs> if anything, it is it's it's worse on the other side. It's just the way you land, maybe. Yeah, that's the problem. But we can't stop that. It's the same thing with landing in any other going up for a rebound or coming down from a jump shot. You might land anyway, shape or form. It's just the fact that because the the superstars like having to drama around, tap into Anthony Davis, tap into Giannis. It's all about the money. They, yep. they they might not get views. People might not buy tickets. But because it's happening to the superstars, it's getting more attention. If it was mm. happening to a role player, yeah. Don't think they don't really they don't care. So no. it's it's nonsense if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so uh, yeah, interesting that you know it always it always it's always going to be thrown up, isn't it? If if a player loses a couple of games in an important series and they think it could be changing to what goes forward, because the NBA won't be happy with this result. They want the Bucks. They wanted the Bucks Boston uh, Celtics final. Uh, is the conference mm-hmm. finals? Of course they did. And they look. They maybe they'll look at it and think, well, maybe that needs to be changed. But um, I'm glad that you follow uh, the logic there, which is that. It can't be. Um, Ollie, before we move on to the Knicks series, um, one thing that's caused up a bit of a stir over the last 24, 48 hours was Giannis's post-match press conference and the whole uh, has this season been a failure uh, conversation. Now, um, I liked Giannis's response. Um, I thought he was eloquent. I think he was shows what, you know, how, how polite and, and eloquent he can be. Um, but, I'm not sure. I mean, I'll give my take in a minute. But what do you think about this? Is the Bucks losing to an eight seed in five games? Is it a failure, or do you understand the the logic behind what Giannis is saying and agree? Yeah, I think you need to look at the context of the situation. Firstly, I'm with you. I think the way that Giannis handled that was really good, and he is yeah. probably. I think I tweeted this. He's the most polite, pissed off star <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you can't dislike the guy. He's he's a lovely guy and he handles himself really well. Um, and other people in that situation probably would have responded differently. But I think you do need to look at the context of it. So if you look at it on the face and say, OK, the one seed and the best record in the NBA lost to an eight seed in five games. Yeah, that's probably a failure. But then as we were just talking about, this is a team that's gone to the finals. This is a team that is 90% of the core that got so deep and was a one seed last season. So... If Miami was a number two seed and this matchup happened in the Eastern Conference Finals, would they look at it the same way? So I think that, yeah, probably a lot of Milwaukee fans will say, yes, it's been a failure because they haven't won a championship. But then that's the view of every fan, of every team in any sport. If you don't win, then what are you doing? But but ultimately what Giannis said is is right and it's, it's progression, it's steps in the right direction for them. Um, ultimately, they've come short this year, but... I don't think anything in sport can be a failure because it's it is just sport at the end of the day. And as much as it pains me to say it, like yeah. if the Heat lose to the Knicks in four games, okay, so what? Like, yeah, it would be great if they win, and it it would be I would see it in the short term that's a failure because I would expect them to win, mm. but also it's not really. And I think Giannis is right in that, and I think they'll take a step back, analyze, look look at it again, and they'll come back stronger again next year. Yeah, your thoughts below. Yeah, I totally agree. I, from a human perspective, I understand, of course. Um, we have to think about people's state of their mental health and if this is going to affect them in terms of their family getting abuse and stuff like that. So I do understand where he's coming from in terms of it's not a failure. We're t- taking it as a positive. But then, and, and, and then if you think about it as well, Giannis has nothing to prove in this league. If I'm, if you know what I mean, he's a, he's a MVP, he's a defensive player of the year, he's a finals MVP, he's a two time 
uh, league MVP. He's a champion. So there's nothing really for him to prove. But I do understand where he's coming from in terms of that. But it, uh, going back to the point, I do ultimately think it's failure because they didn't just lose. They they got whooped. Well, this is it, and it 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 did um it did come up. It sort of blew up our little group chat that we've got between the NBA UK fans uh, accounts to, uh, today, especially. And um, I, I I look at it as though look, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. The Miami Heat were one seed last year; they are still a good team. But you know, th- there's a way of going about a win. If 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 the Bucks lost in seven to the Celtics in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, or went into the finals and lost in six or seven or whatever, you'd say, okay, well that's sports. You know, that's not failure. We've progressed. We've done well. We just didn't get over the line because there's other good teams in this league. But if you're a one seed, if you're a one seed and you're losing in five games to the eight seed, and the manner in which you lost, you know, you got you you was up sixteen in that last game at home on your own court and you lost. You know that that comes down to more, in my opinion, especially the way, as I said, it, it went down. Uh, you was out coached. You was outplayed. Um, so. You know, if you look at it in a football point of view, if, if Man City, for example, who are chasing the Champions League, go out in the group stages, they would look at that as a, a as a failure. You know, so I, I do, I agree. I think that I, I really admired the way Giannis went across about his business. I think it made it thought-provoking and I, I appreciate how humble he is, etc. But for me, no, it, the, the way they went out, that's a failure of a season. They they were the 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 regular season is all nice and cute, etc. But the postseason is where you got to go and do your business. And they fell at the first hurdle to the eight seed, and that's not going to bear down as anything other than a failure, in my opinion. Um, with Giannis, as I said, look, just want to sort of deviate a little bit on this because every time I watch Giannis, look, is is. Is an incredible player. Is the Greek freak for a reason. He's unstoppable. He's also a really nice person, and he gives back a lot. He's very humble. He's very polite. He's, he's everything I like in a superstar. But every time I watch him, I don't know how you feel, guys, but I don't like watching his game. Really, I think that when he's he's unstoppable when he gets the ball in his hands and he's going downhill. He's the Greek freak for a reason. Once he gets in the paint, you just can't guard him. It's you just get out of his way, really, because you're not stopping that man. The the, the length of his his stride and how quick and agile he is, it's great. But he's also a bit of a liability. He's a, he's a superstar that can't shoot. Tell me another top thirty player in this league that can't shoot a shot. You know, I mean, some people might say LeBron, but he can shoot better than what what Giannis can. He also is a liability in terms of foul trouble. I mean, I've watched him several times against the Heat get pick up two or three fouls in the first quarter, and now he's a non-entity in that game. So, you know, that that would annoy me that he's going to have to you're, you're wasting so much of his talent because he charges in like a ball into a china shop into the paint, and sometimes you've only got to get in his way, and you're going to pick up that offensive foul. Uh, you know that that. It, I think that something like that, especially as a free throw percentage that I could shoot better than as well. That's one of the reasons that he, we, that, that they lost this game. The reason why they're out is because he got to the line 25 times. I think he made 12 of them, something like that. It, you know, there, there's too much of his game that I don't like, despite what his supernatural talent is. And if I was starting a franchise from scratch and I was getting my team to be able to draft who I want to first pick, I'm taking Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant. I'm taking Steph Curry. I'm taking um, uh, Luka Doncic. I'm taking Jaraman. All over this guy because I don't know why you've got a star who has got so much of the game that's needed that he can't produce. Is that fair? I said what I said. What do you want to think, Oli? <laughs> yeah, I no, I agree with you. I think, look, at the end of the day, he's still dominant and he's still one of the best players in the league. But if he 
did have those other aspects of his game, he would probably be in the top five ever conversation. And I don't think that's unfair to say. Like he, If he was playing 20, 25 years ago, he would be more dominant than he is now. But I think with the way that the game's gone, with the spacing, the three-point shooting, um, you know, the, the pace and space offense, if you will, that his game is still brilliant and it's still really dominating. But like you said, there's aspects of his game that are missing. And for someone to be that good and to really cement themselves as one of the greatest ever, they need those things. And free throws are called free throws because they should be free free points. You know, yeah. it's it's the same situation as we saw with the hacker shack rule back in the early noughties and stuff. Like, yeah, he's a brilliant player. He's dominating. He can dunk on anyone, but foul him because he's going to give you the ball back, maybe get one point. And it's the yeah. same with Giannis now. Yeah. Like, if he adapts his game to these things and if he can maybe take his range out a little bit and adapts as a shooter, it's also going to mean extra things for the opposition defence. They're going to have to, you know, instead of collapsing with him all the time, they're going to have to step out to him. It creates more space. And because he's such a good passer and facilitator, if he's got shooters around him, he can then find those open guys rather than he can stand on the th- on the three-point line and all five defenders are in the paint because they know it's not a threat. Yep. So... I think, yeah, undoubtedly one of the best in the league, one of the best potentially all time, but he's got things that need to be worked on. And like you said, if I'm if I'm starting a new franchise today, I'm taking someone like Luka Doncic or Victor Wembanyama even, you know, over yeah. here because I just think there's more upside there than what Giannis has shown. And he's done a lot, two-time MVP, champion, but there's bits missing. Yeah, and look, it, 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 it sounds incredible because you, you've just listed off and Bilal, you did the same. You just listed off. He's got nothing to prove. He's got everything under his belt already. He's an NBA champion. He's an MVP finals. He's defence player of the year, MVP twice, etc. So that was a totally unprovoked Giannis attack by me for no reason. But do you understand what I'm saying as well? Do you, do you feel like, you know, and fair play to him. He is in his mentality. He's got that to keep trying, to keep getting better. He's not abandoned it. He's not done a Ben Simmons and he's just gone, well, I'm not going to try. He's, he keeps trying to get better at it. But, you know, do, do you agree with what I've said there? Do you think that he's, you know, he's always going to have, if he's going to hit that sort of conversation where we're talking about the greatest of all time, can he reach that level if he doesn't improve these aspects of his game? Sorry, I had to just digest that Ben Simmons dig there. <laughs> um, I agree to some extent, but I also disagree. Uh, there's one thing you mentioned that we haven't really spoken about, Dan, and that was, that's coaching. Uh, talk yeah. about getting out coached. Yeah. was exposed. He was exposed. Like he he was he he got absolutely destroyed by Spolstra. I feel like it's the coach's responsibility to put him in certain spots. Um, remember that Giannis is playing majority against Bam, who's a one of the best defenders in the league. He yeah. needs to be in positions to get mismatches. He needs to be. He needs to get um in positions to. I don't know if you guys saw that when there was a quote where he said he would have liked to be on Jimmy more, but he had to listen to the coach. Yeah. When he's playing that free safety role, you're always exposed to more fouls because you're you're always intending to help more. So and also what is with um, Giannis, as he's not the greatest ball handler, he doesn't have a a natural point guard at the box. He never has. He played with. Chris Middleton, he's played with Eric Bledsoe, he's played with uh, Drew Holiday. They're not natural playmakers. So I feel like if they have they had some of that and a better coach, I feel like if Spolster got his hands on Giannis, we would be seeing, seeing an all-time, honestly. Because he has the tools, he has his flaws as well. But yeah. 
I feel like if the coach's responsibility to not expose, and I feel like he got fully exposed. Yeah. In this True. series. Yeah. Yeah. Bilal, absolutely leap into the fen- to the defence there of Giannis. And we've measured points as well because you're right. Yeah, coaching, of course, comes down to it. And uh, yeah, that man will be lucky to be in a job uh, come the end of this season, I'm sure. Um, Ollie, sorry, did you want to mention something before we move on to the next series? I was just going to say about uh, Boonholzer, like the guy doesn't even know how many timeouts he's got left. So, how's he going to coach Giannis properly? Oh, man, it's just, you just he's, can't. He's using his challenge in the first three minutes of the first quarter. It's, it's so it's, dumb. Yeah, it, it is crazy. It is, uh, yeah, I think he'd do very well to try and uh, correct. Grasp onto the rest of uh, of his career in Milwaukee. Um, yeah, very strange decisions down the stretch, especially. Um, right, guys. Um, sorry, we're going to do a half hour pod. We're about almost there now. Let's get on to the uh, Knicks series. Uh, well, I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath. This series, an absolute bloodbath. Two very defensive, strong, uh, resolute, well drilled teams here. Um, to, to a couple of teams of nature. Well, there's a long rivalry here. Um, let's get up to some key matchups first. Um, Ollie, you'd expect what well, I assume. Well, we've got Randall that's a bit of a question mark at the moment. We're not sure whether he's going to be fit, but what do we see here? Do we see Bam on Randall? Do we see Jimmy on Brunson, maybe? Um, Kevin Love taking over with uh, t- taking control of, of, of um, Mitchell Robinson there because, you know, to try and match up with some size. Uh, where do you think the key battle is in this series overall? Um, I think anywhere with Jimmy, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think that you will see a lot of uh, Bam on Julius Randle, as you said. I think you'll probably see a bit of Jimmy on Julius Randle as well. Um, I don't think that they'll want to put Kevin Love on him just because of Kevin Love's maybe deficiencies in the defensive side and Julius Randle's potential to be fantastic and have an explosive offensive game. Um, I think you can kind of allow that a little bit more with Mitchell Robinson. He's not as skilled in the depth, especially stepping out. Obviously, within the paint, he's really dominant, but stepping out, Maybe not so much. So I think it'll be on Bam and Jimmy again. Um, obviously, Jalen Brunson's had a really good season for them. Um, really good pickup for the Knicks. And it's kind of the glue that's kind of put it all together for them because they've been in and around the play-in for the last couple of years. But yeah, starting to make things tick now. But I think we, I think it's Jimmy. Um, I know there's a question mark over Quentin Grimes as well. So their wing depth is maybe a little bit, a little bit lax. Um, and to be honest, I don't think that they have defenders of the quality that Milwaukee have when you look at Drew Holiday, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, they don't have defenders to that level. So if Jimmy can be anywhere near as dominant as he was in that Milwaukee series, in theory and on paper, we should have enough to get through that. But again, it's going to need role players to step up. We're going to need big time from Caleb, Kyle, Gabe, Bam as well. You know, he was, Bam was fantastic in that game five with a triple-double. If if he can carry that through, then we should be okay. And um, you know, I've I've watched probably most games in the playoffs this year. I don't see now a team in the Eastern Conference that should worry Miami that much. Boston have been good, but they're beatable. Philly, I like our chances. I I think I think we're in a good position. So if we can keep Jimmy active, if Bam can be dominant, if the role players can step up, then I think we've got a good chance. Yeah, man, Ollie, we're getting spicy. I like it. It's some guts coming out here. This is good stuff. Uh, yeah, look, I echo you, especially with what you're saying there about um, the role players. I think Caleb Martin's going to have a job here as well. I think if he, if he can come and fill those Jimmy minutes and and look after Brunson, because Brunson, in my opinion, Bilal, is 
is the main threat that worries me because I think, you know, he's automatic for mid-range. As, as Ollie said, he's been a real glue piece there to elevate um, the Knicks into the next level. Uh, so I think that role players are going to be key, especially as I think that um, you probably expect to see New York go into a lot of zone in this series. So uh, like like we just said there as well, shooters are going to have to shoot. Duncan's going to have to have a good a good series. Gabe's going to have to be good from, from downtown like he has been. I think that they're the, the, the key elements uh, from my point of view. But what, what's your take? Yeah, I agree. Um, Bronson is definitely the, the biggest threat. Julius Randle, I'm not too worried about. If Bam is on his game like he was against Giannis defensively, we shouldn't have a problem. But... Um, Jimmy, I think Jimmy and Caleb need to share the minutes on Bronson. It's, this series is where we miss having Victor Oladipo, an extra defender yeah. on the floor. And uh, to that point as well, we have, I think New York defensively, they've got a rim protector in Mitchell Robinson. So it might be, it might tend to be harder. And Thibodeau is a defensive coach. He knows Jimmy really well. So yeah. That's another factor. So it's going to be a really, it's like you said, Dan, it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be yep. very physical. Expect, yep. expect a couple fights. Yeah, but... yeah, definitely. And uh, it should be a, a really good coaching battle as well because uh, Tibbs, fair play to him, he's really got them firing and uh, he, he knows what he's doing. Um, so that's going to be a good coaching battle as well. Um, before we get some predictions, final round from both of you, uh, I want to get both your opinions on Stephen A's take on... This is the garden. This is a different. This this is a different flavor. This is you know Jimmy Butler doesn't want to come into the garden. Man, I laugh my ass all the way through that. Uh, Jimmy Butler, he, he's, he he will he will relish coming into this. He will turn up there. He will give it all that smoke. He wants to take all the garden on. Yes, don't get me wrong. He's right in what he said. Madison Square Garden. It's the it's the most toxic as an opponent, the most toxic environment you want to be in, the most raucous crowd. New Yorkers are the most raucous crowd in the league. So I get all of that. But do you think that Jimmy Butler, after just taking down the Bucks pretty much single-handedly, uh, you know, what he just did as he walked out of the arena, do you think he's going to he's gonna absolutely relish going in and playing the enemy? enemy? Um, I laughed my ass off through that. Ollie, what did you think of, of Stephen A's comments? A joke. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, does he not realize? I know he's a, I know he's a Knicks fan, but players go to the Garden to have the best game of their career. Yeah. They'll go to the Garden and score sixty, and that'll be the best game of their career because they can. Like, all right, cool, your fans are loud, but it doesn't matter. Like, players can get past that. Players have played in difficult atmospheres and stuff before. I think, you know, we're all in the business of being excited and optimistic because our teams are in the playoffs, but. Come on, Stephen A. Man, like you're on a you're on a national broadcast. Yeah, he's talking shit basically, and yeah. Jimmy Butler's not going to care. Like he doesn't, he does not care. He's just beating the best team in the in the NBA, and you think Julius Randle is going to worry him? Like uh, New York fans were comparing Julius Randle to Chris Bosh. Like it's there's no there's no comparison there, and Jimmy's not going to care. He will he will relish going into the Garden and sending them home as quickly as he can because that's who he is. He's a competitor, someone that they don't have. And just an attitude that very few players have in our league. Um, so yeah, it's Jimmy will love it, and I don't think it'll be a problem. No, and look, don't get me wrong; they they are getting carried away, and fair play to them because they're a good team now. It's the first time they've seen this side of the playoffs in terms of you know getting into the second round of playoffs for what three decades. So the city's buzzing. That will be the loudest that arena has been in decades. So I get all of that, but 
yeah, th- this team, I'm not going to be intimidated. Bilal, um, uh, Trey Young took over the garden last year. Trey Young, you know, scrawny little, you know, fuzzy haired, skinny little Trey Young was the enemy and came out on top and he waved them off of their call. Yeah, okay, they're a better team now. But this team, I'm not going to be intimidated, are they? Oh, most definitely not. I feel like uh, the team's got good veterans. We've got people who's gone there and been there and done everything. Kyle Lowry, K-Love, Udonis Haslam. This team, and if anyone is going to relish that atmosphere, it's going to be Jimmy Butler. There's no one in this league that's going to relish that that crowd, that hate more than Jimmy Butler. So uh, expect big things and expect him to, to light this series up, let's say. Yeah, he wants it all. This is this is what he's made for. He's just built for, he's wired for this. I mean, even when we went 2-1 up against the Bucks and he's putting the pictures up of the deer and all that on his Instagram, he just wants it. He, he, he encourages it. So, yeah, I thought that was a, that was a hilarious take from Stephen A. But uh, bless him. Let's let him get carried away. Let's get some uh, predictions before we wrap up. Uh, Ollie, seven-game series, four in New York, uh, three in the Heat House. Um, is it going to go that far? What do you think? Uh, I don't think seven. Um if I'm brutally honest, I thought Milwaukee were going to win in six, first round. Um, I think the Heat will do it again. Like I said, I think that the Heat have too much for the Knicks. And I think the Heat will probably be quite good favourites to come out of the East now. I'm going to say Heat in five. No, sorry, Heat in six. I'm going to say Heat in six. Heat in six? Okay. Bilal, what do you think? I'm going with Ollie's first take. Heat in five. Always Heat in five. Always. Um, look, it's... Uh... Yeah, as we've just covered, it's not going to be easy. They're a good team. Um, but I just think that I, I don't see that team as high as they are now doing anything other than locking the F in for the rest of these these playoffs. They didn't go and beat the one seed in their own court, sending them home to go and then roll over to New York. Now, it's going to be tough. They're a good team. It's going to be brutal. Every play is going to be hard, graft, worked for. But... We've got the best player on the court by a long way um, and the role players have stepped up. Everybody will be brimming with confidence. Um, so, of course, it's always Heat and Five. It's always Heat and Five. Let's see how we get on. Guys, it's great to talk to you again. Great to be back. Great to start talking about Heat basketball after a fantastic week. Um, yeah, we've been tired, but we don't care because we've been running on adrenaline thanks to our number 22 and co. Um, we'll be back, hopefully, if we get through this series. Oh, sorry, when we get through this series, uh, we'll hopefully talk about an Eastern Conference final preview and beyond. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves just now. Uh, thanks for following, guys. Follow my guys here, Oli Rahimi, NBA and Bilal at Bills96. Follow them, guys, uh, on Twitter and other socials uh, and follow us at the Miami Heat UK. We'll see you, hopefully, on an Eastern Conference finals preview. Heat and five. Let's go. You've been listening to Heating Up the UK. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to ensure you never miss a show. Also, go give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by finding our page at the Miami Heat UK. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Miami Heat UK TV, for our latest shows and fun content. That's your Miami Heat from across the pond. Covered. Thanks for listening.